The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. nice music for a Saturday morning. Good morning, Karen. Yeah, summer Saturday. Actually, full disclosure, we're taping this early in the week because of some family obligations going on. Mm-hmm. This weekend. You found financial food for thought. You've got Mark Dolly and Carrie mm-hmm. Waddell. And ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to the next president of the United States. Instead, asks, what can I do to make life better for you? His empathy, his compassion, his I think I won the burrito back I was going to say, right, but you said president. Is why I am so proud. Well, isn't she going to be the next yeah. president? <laughs> I'll let's and hope not. I, yes, we are cut from the same cloth. They're cut from the same cloth. Really? That's amazing. I mean, they, go, they go together like <laughs> oil and water, don't they? I mean, she always starts off so sweet. Because whether I'm cheering in the bleachers smiles. at swim or setting up a college room dorm, or helping my goddaughter prepare for her school debate, or building Legos with my godson, it's all or sweet hugging my two baby nieces, loving or cooking dinner, Sunday dinner. Oh, she almost forgot to say Sunday. My family means everything to me. So, so there you go. So. So that's how, so that's how she always starts, Carrie. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, back to our bet because I I said, remember the before or after date of the announcement was right. I said the thirteenth of August, right? And you said it'd be after, right? And I said it'd be on or before the thirteenth, and it came in on the eleventh. But I don't think it was a surprise who he picked. No, hardly. Um, you know, but it, it is. I think people are questioning it. Oh, absolutely! I, yeah, you're reading a lot this week. Um, but even though Kamala, she always is a Kamala. Kamala. I don't know. I'll ask. Maybe Joe Biden knows. Senator Harris. Um. Yeah. So, but then she always turns. You know, it's always. Oh yeah, it gets it gets a little nasty. Yeah. I don't know if I can <laughs> move up here. She's talking and we all remember that pandemic. But you know what happened then? Barack Obama and Joe Biden did their job. Only two people in the United States died. Two. That is what's called leadership. Now, now the pointing comes out. The oh, smile is running away right. from her face. The moment we find ourselves in now. When other countries are following the science, Trump pushed miracle cures he saw on Fox News. While other Those are from doctors, by the way. The curve. He said the virus would just poof, go away. Quote, like a miracle. Like a miracle. Well, I think it'll so go away after the November election. For business, what did we do? We had to shut down again. This virus has impacted almost every country. But there's a reason it has hit America worse. Well, I guess we know what the agenda is. It's because of Trump's failure to take it seriously from the start. His refusal to get testing up and running. Mm. His flip-flopping on social distancing we'll and talk wearing about masks. flip-flopping. I was going to say. His delusional belief that he knows better than the experts. No, he hires experts. All of that is reason. And the reason that an American dies of COVID-19 every 80 seconds. Wow. So that's going to be... You know, 
I don't know. I look at the statistics because on the one homepage every day about COVID and whether it's worldwide and you have countries all over the world, it's about between people testing and they have tested a huge amount in America they've tested. It's still now of deaths 3%. And of that, like in Ohio, when they came out with the numbers of how many people have died, like 3,700, almost 2,800 have died who were in a nursing home. Right. So 3%, I did hear an infectious disease doctor talk this week on the radio saying, you know, we still need to be cautious for some people, but they said even during a flu season that's severe, hospitals are overrun. So people need to think, keep things in perspective. Well, you know, so... It, it's, yeah, because Trump's fault is the virus. Didn't he want to ban travel from you know, certain I mean, countries? I, yeah, I mean, everybody's heard that. But, but again, we obviously know what the agenda is going to be. And my point is, I mean... This Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, it, it, she, it's the, she's as predictable as anything. I mean, she did this at the debates. She always would start talking of sweet smiles and, right. and talking about her nieces and her kids and her loving family. Mm-hmm. And by the end of her spiel, she's she's waving her arms and pointing and just trying to, you know, grant, you know, catch the and so but you know what? And she does like, it over and over again and and i think people saw right through that by right. the third debate or whatever you know well then, that's why she, she was, was out done. so early and h1n1 wasn't obama's fault because a ton of people we just stopped testing people nor is covid i don't think any viruses we're gonna have viruses we're gonna have diseases there's super bacteria there's super bugs it's gonna happen uh, but uh, she gives a new meaning to shark week doesn't she Gee, yeah um, that's but, a good one you know but I, I think though i mean back to the debates uh, you know i think it's just to be kamala debating trump i, I mean <laughs> i mean really isn't that oh, yeah. what america wants to see i don't know i think we need to have one with biden and trump because uh, i think it would be hilarious but isn't it really coming down to yeah, the left and the, I mean, yeah, I I think Kamala would go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump would love it, right? Oh yeah. Um, now the the gaps, I don't know. They they might not go for because maybe they want Slow Joe to you know be you know out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dems might like it because maybe they want to keep Joe in the basement, right? You know, they they may be looking for a way that Joe doesn't have to debate. Um, I, I don't think a president should not be allowed to deb- a candidate. Well, I mean, and Joe would know the difference one way or the other, right? <laughs> um, or he, or you could set up a, a, a you know, Zoom. Joe could debate Pence. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, then they both feel like they mattered. Um, but I think it should be Kamala Trump debates. Oh, All that right. would be a, get a, a good smackdown. Get us started. All yeah. right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk radio program here to give you helpful information about issues that could impact your financial life. And that's true whether you're single, married, working, retired, kids, no kids, divorced, widowed. Um, we talk about all these different issues and opportunities that exist in every economic situation. And we're sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team is a Ohio registered fee-based fiduciary planning firm. And what we do is build custom financial plans. We are traditional financial planner numbers crunchers. And what we do is financial modeling. So people have clarity on knowing when they can afford to retire or if they're retired, what they can spend without running out of money, how to create the income they need as tax efficiently as possible. And depending on who wins the election, tax rates um, might be even or being proactive in tax planning may be even more important, especially if you think tax rates are going to go up in the future. You want to use all the opportunities available. We also um, don't do investments. Our clients either work with an existing investment advisor or do the investments on their own or they have a 401k. And what we do is build these financial models based on conservative, realistic numbers so that you know how much risk you really should be taking on. I had someone call this week and... You know, they've been doing investments on their own, not sure if they should find someone and should I get a plan first or run out and get a new investment advisor. Told them what the plan does is give them clarity on what's a realistic growth rate long term so they're never running out of money based on their own assumptions, price tags, and time frames. And then you can go and say more realistically, what type of allocation do you need based on this 
model projection and maybe you want to model in a market correction. Maybe you want to model in a recession, whatever that is. Um, so it's a coordinated effort of plans. Um, again, we have affordable fees. We offer a free consultation and we have hourly planning options or comprehensive retainers. And with this current climate of uncertainty, market volatility, low interest rates, and people not sure what to do when it comes to their financial life, it's important to have a trusted advisor that's going to model in information and give you good analysis to hopefully save you money, use opportunities and give you clarity what's possible and what isn't, and then how to adjust or or to know what you need to do to get back on track. You can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. And the company is accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau. And we're super service award winners multiple years on Angie's list. And that's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And if you haven't been to the website in a while, I made some changes. I put a better link for the podcast and I, because I am not an IT person and I've worked really hard the next couple of weeks to put some security. So our contact us, our information, our website is secure and added some additional features. So um, some nice IT person pointed out that we needed to put these in place so that people feel comfortable giving us their contact information. Absolutely. So that's financialfoodforthought.com. There's lots of resources, calculators, and good helpful information. All right. So, you know, Kamala was talking about flip-flopping. Um, well, you know, I'm not so sure she hasn't changed her tune. You know, I, I mean, just well, most recently... When she gave her accept, well, not accept, whatever the speech right. after Joe Biden announced her, the, yeah. the press, um, she said that you know one of the uh, pillars of of what her and Joe are going to be working on was to you know, and and her direct quote was build on the Affordable Care Act, which is a complete one eighty from when she was on the debate stage running for president. She was all signed up with Bernie's Medicare for all and had quite a debate with Joe Biden, Mm -hmm. you know, saying that it, that they have to, you know, it's Medicare for all, not just continuing to build on affordable care act. So obviously she's already kind of flip flopped on that. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Um, and you know, again, one, one of the things that, I keep mentioning too, and I'll talk a little bit more on today's show. Is that you know don't get too excited about POTUS candidates' campaign promises. Mm-hmm. Um, and and number two, especially you had mentioned about taxes, and there's a lot of people thinking, okay, where you know is there going to be a Democratic tax agenda put well, forward? Well, I was going to say because you read on online, there's the Biden tax agenda of things he would put in place or would like to put in place because presidents themselves don't change tax law. Right. So you, um, right. So you, first of all, yeah. And, and again, and presidential candidates will say anything to get votes, right? Mm-hmm. They'll promise you the moon. Um, but the, but the idea is, yeah, you, you need more than the white house to get permanent tax law changes. Now the president has the veto pen, Okay, mm-hmm. and and that's pretty that's pretty bold, you know. I and mean, they can, you know, the president can stop, you know, major tax law changes, um, mm-hmm. and it's very hard to override a presidential veto. So if you're back to though, if you're looking to say, okay, would the one party have enough power? Yeah, you need the fifty percentage of the votes in the House. You need the White House, and then typically you would need sixty votes or the supermajority in the Senate. You know, based on the filibuster rules. Well, right now, of course, the um, the Republicans control the Senate, and but let's say if Biden did win, you know, then then the Democrats would need to pick up three seats because uh, Kamala would be the tiebreaker, you know, being mm-hmm. VP. Um, so that is certainly in the realm of possibility. So that then we go down that path that would say, okay, so now the Democrats have the House, they've got the 50 or the majority of the the simple majority in the Senate and the White House, but that still leaves the filibuster. Mm -hmm. So now the question is, would the Democrats throw out the filibuster? That's the nuclear option, right? right? Um, And at one time you would say, no, they wouldn't dare do that. I'm not so sure. 
Um, you know, Mitch McConnell always said he wasn't going to do that. Um, you know, that he, you know, and he says, you know, he thinks that's bad policy to set. Um, but I'm not sure of the Democrats. Now, you heard President Obama, when he was doing the Lewis eulogy, he was calling for getting rid of the filibuster, not so they could implement, you know, left wing socialist tax ideas um, on the wealthy. He was saying it. You needed to get rid of the filibuster so they could get their voting rights passed. I'm sorry. I thought if you're a U.S. citizen, you had the right to vote. Am I missing something? Mm. I thought so, too. So, but apparently, I don't know. So there's another new voting. I mean, somehow the Democrats want to say the voting isn't, they don't have equal rights or somebody doesn't have equal rights to vote. I I thought everybody, once you're 18, as long as you're not a felon. I mean, or maybe you have to prove identity. Maybe that's the issue. Which is okay. I mean, Um, I have to prove identity to go to the doctor's office. You have to be a citizen. Maybe they want to get rid of that. Yeah, that wouldn't be. I don't think I mean, illegals I, so, should vote. So I, I, I mean, I, I don't know, but apparently, uh, President Obama said. I don't think said, if you're dead, you should vote. So, and President <laughs> Obama said that's why they have to get rid of the filibuster so they could get that passed. Well, I'm thinking maybe they want to get rid of the filibuster to get some of these tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I may be crazy. All right, um, all right. So we're going to talk a little bit about taxes today, Carrie. Okay. Um, we're talking about the tax wrappers. We right. We talked about the tax wrappers. No, now. we have not. Um, if you ever come to one, whenever are we going to start classes again, Carrie? Not yet. Not I yet. mean, I think yeah. just right now. Okay. Um, so if you've ever gone to one of our classes, uh, we always go over the tax wrappers, and I'll talk a little bit. But before I get that, I want to do a little, um, a little deep dive into CPI. We got some CPI numbers. Okay. And, and that's when, you know, a lot of people are questioning, you know, are we going to get into a hyperinflationary? Are we going to be deflationary, which is not, you know, uh, fun economically either? Um, and, and how should I, you know, and, and, and wrapping that around the concept, Carrie, of should I be aware of going, if I'm going into retirement, how I'm going to create my retirement income from a combination of perhaps pension, Social Security, but a lot from the nest egg, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is do, if you're not smart about that, it may not be the most tax efficient, right? Right. Um, and that's kind of what the tax wrappers. And then also, speaking of the election, by the way, each one of the presidential candidates have their own ideas on some where they want to take some of these tax right. wrappers. So maybe we'll cross-reference that a little bit as well. Um, and so is there a possibility that we could have a Democratic sweep? And then if we do, and they do... We're in trouble. And they do throw out the filibuster, I think... We're in trouble. I think you may see some of the, the these tax agendas passed. But again, the second thing I said, you know, the first thing I said is, you know, don't get too caught up in POTUS candidates' campaign promises. Right. Okay. Two... When you hear the candidates talking about tax increases on Americans or taxpayers, they Mm -hmm. may not be talking about you. I think a lot of people don't know. Or it's like when they say, oh, I'm helping the middle class, which I don't Mm -hmm. hear now. Um, I know a lot of people that think they're in the middle class, but based on the government's definition of middle class, it's not you. Now, so does, you know, so I guess it starts with the White House. So does... President Biden have a chance to win. Well, President candidate. Sorry. You're going to have some of our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> President Kamala. Um, so um, so Alan Lightman, do you know who Alan Lightman carry? He's a American University history professor. Okay. A pretty smart guy. And he has his own method of, you know, playing around with who, how he predicts who's going to win the presidential mm-hmm. election. Right. He's been right every year since 1984 okay pretty long string okay and he based on 13 criteria it's 13 yes or no mm-hmm. but i'm not gonna have time to get into that but um, i'm sure you can find his work on the internet all over the net very very well known um guess who he predicted carrie biden biden i think he's wrong or i hope he's um, wrong so um we'll see i think there's too many factors things that can go on right now um all right so we got the CPI numbers for July, Carrie, um, and consumer prices rose zero point six percent. Okay, S- matching the June pickup, you know, of point six percent. So when when it comes to CPI, Carrie, 
point six is a is a big number. Okay. okay. Yeah, it doesn't sound like much. Because you say, okay, because whether inflation, if, remember, if you run your retirement plan based on a 3% inflation or 4% inflation, it's going to matter. Just as much as if you run your investment rate of return on a, a 5% rate of return or a 6% rate of return, it's going to matter, you know, over 30 years mm-hmm. of retirement, right? So 0.6% back to back or 1.2% in June, July matters. Well, I think considering everything that's going on with COVID is pretty Plus promising. the fact that it was twice what the economists expected. Okay. All right. Um, but, you know, inflation, though, is still in check, right? So, you know, if you look, you know, over year over year, you know, June through, you know, July, 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 whatever, um, inflation still at only at about, uh, is up about 1%. Now, you know, and and so the uh, that's the, what people are. So this is the this is the uh, pandemic or not pandemic. This is the um, what am I trying to say, Carrie? The the um, disconnect, I right? Guess. So, you know, people are saying or, or or they're trying to say, are do we have inflation on the horizon, mm-hmm. or are we still okay? Um, now. You know, and Carrie, a lot of people, you know, there's different inflation measures. There's core inflation. And a lot of people say, well, Mark, I don't like core inflation because that makes no sense because they exclude food and, and energy. Which is funny because don't we all need food and energy? Right. How do you exclude that? Okay. This is why, Carrie. I'm going to okay. make the case. Okay. Why you exclude food and energy. Okay. Because those are necessities. Is okay. that where they're breaking it down? No. Okay. Be- because they have complete, vo- they have the volatility is, uh, there's too many global things that could get, get affected. Okay. Not U.S. things, true. global things, right? Um, so it, it, this is maybe a good year example, right? Um, okay. So if you were, so year over year, if you looked at food, okay, mm-hmm. um, it's up about 4.5%. Okay. You want to run your plan on 4.5% inflation forever? No. No, because it's going to look ugly. It's and gonna... is that realistic? <laughs> no. Okay. Now, over that same time period, what do you think gas prices did? Oh, they've been all over because gas prices... It was down 23%. Right, but I'm saying... Okay, yeah. so now we're going to use that in core inflation. Okay. We're going to use food that was up four and, in the same 12-month period. Food was up 4.5% and gas was down 23%. You average that out... You're going to run a night. Right. And I think, honestly, during some of those months, food was up way higher than four. I know that's average. But you average. see right. why it's excluded. Right. Okay. Um, because it would not make any sense if you did include it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Um, now, if you look at, like, in July, you know, so even though gas prices were down 23% year over year, in July, they were up 5.6%. See this? It's just too many wide swings. Yeah, last time I you know saw that. You know what gas was up in June? What? Twelve percent. Okay. So you know, so uh, and, and then let's now let's talk about food. They break food down all all sorts of interesting ways. Um, so food was down 04 percent mm. in July, first decrease since April of twenty nineteen. Okay. Um, in June it was up six percent. I know See, in April I bet it was really high because I know I went to the grocery store and I have a teenage boy and eggs. We're like right. double. Yeah, I was like, "What? A that, dozen eggs were like right. double and, the cost." And that moves the needle on the food, you know. Which you know, or now, some of the things. Beef. You- where's the beef, Carrie? Okay. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Uh, all right. So how about beef? Um, so they break down food consumed at home, right? Okay. okay. I call those groceries. I don't know, but right. um, but um, <laughs> food but, consumed. All right. Um, okay, that dropped one point one percent. Okay. okay. Um, beef dropped. Eight point two percent in July. Remember in the shutdown, the but beginning it got pandemic. High. Remember there was no beef, Remember? and it was limited. You like go to a store and you could only buy one. Yeah. Um, so that you know the and and people were saying no, it's just the the supply line is slowed down a little bit. Right, it'll be fine. And beef came down eight point two percent in July. Okay. <laughs> um, now how about food consumed away from home? I call that eating out. Right. All right. Um, okay, that rose 05 percent. Okay. All right. Um, and that means, you know, again, so all those, uh, you know, fast food places maybe had to raise their prices because they were down on business and maybe they had to pay a little bit more of their employees to get, you know, the, mm-hmm. the shutdown and get them back. Um, full service dining was up a little bit less, 0.4%. How about rents? 
I think okay. rents would be down. Okay. Flat. Um, rents were up slightly, 0.2%. Okay. Well, you know, well below the 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 most of the uh spent uh prices. Um June they're up about 0.1%. Now, so they're so rent increases are down. Now, a lot of people think that is also reflective of the um the unemployment, right? In mm-hmm. other words, that and the moratorium on, you know, evictions, right? Which by the way, President Trump wants to extend using his executive action, right? Um, so a lot of people say that, you know, that you couldn't raise rents, you know, I mean, you couldn't even evict the people who were paying rents. Um, you know, so, and how about healthcare? All right. Cause this one care, we always talk about when you're building a retirement plan and you're budgeting future healthcare costs, don't undercut this one. Right. Right. Um, and a lot of people, you know, over the decades, Carrie, you know, we, we've seen this where a lot of times we'll have a new couple coming in to see us. And when we ask them to fill out the expense uh, budget report and they don't put anything down for health care. Right. And we say, well, you didn't put anything down for health care. Can we talk a little bit about that? And they're like, well, I'm just going to go on Medicare. It's free, isn't it? Well, part of it is. And not exactly all free. Right. Um, now, I think most people realize that health care and retirement isn't free. But I don't think people realize how much? The co- how much and that it's going up. Or I think even more um, so is when people retire before 65. I think people are shocked when we talk to them about, you know, our experience or when they start getting quotes or even ask for the first time maybe what COBRA is, um, how expensive that is. Right. And so when we, so now, so let's look at healthcare was up 0.4% in July. Wow. Um, doctor visits, 0.7%. Well, that's no surprise because. Okay. Hospital up 0.2%. Right. One thing came down, Carrie. What? Prescription drugs. There you I'm go. shocked. You go. Um, came down 0.2%. I, I didn't have that experience, but for my family, right, see? <laughs> so it takes a lot of prescriptions, <laughs> some of them, and that's a hefty bill. Now, we talk about this because, again, when we build a detailed financial plan for our clients, we may be using three or four different inflation rates depending on the characteristic of the expense, mm-hmm. just like I went through this list. Well, why shouldn't you, you know, why shouldn't you be building your plan that way? If you're really trying to be realistic if you and conservative. Be, and as detailed as possible, like I talked to someone that we were talking about home maintenance. You know, there may be price tags of, hey, I know I'm going to need a roof in four years. I know I'm going to have to do these project or new carpet. And you just kind of ballpark it. But there's usually some number and everybody's different, whether it's a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand, five thousand of Things that happen in your house every year that maybe you didn't expect, but there's always maintenance when you own a home or outdoors or something. It is realistic to have some inflation numbers. Some people want it at one and a half percent. Some people want it at three. Some people say two percent. Family gifting. Do you think holidays, even if it's birthdays, Christmas, other things, you know, if you whatever number you budget, what cost you this year isn't going to cost you the same amount in 10 years. Right, and we we have we have a lot of funny stories about mm-hmm. gifting, Carrie. I won't, yeah. but, but I mean, one of the things too, I sometimes just catch my couples, um, you know, when I say, "Oh," and I also, you know, when you were talking about like you made Christmas right. gifting, I said, "Don't forget to include how much you're spending on each other," because mm-hmm. a lot of times they will. Right, but is that real cash flow? Absolutely. Right. Or um, even spending time and doing things with your grandkids. That's technically gifting or your entertainment budget. Even people who keep good budgets, I think about all the expenses they didn't think about. Pets. You know, they may not put it yeah. on the sheet, but you know what? People who have pets and dogs and cats, the, guess what? You're going to spend money. Food, the millennials litter. are learning that real yeah. fast. They're not having kids, but they're having pets and they're right. realizing they're not free. Correct. Um, and we have some people that spend quite a bit on their pets. Yeah. Yeah. So now, so that's just, you know, how, you know, micro, you know, economics, how you build your plan. So again, yeah, you don't necessarily, I mean, the, the simple, you know, 
plan that just says, oh, I'm just going to say my expenses are 6000 a month and I'm going to use a 2% inflation. I don't know. That's, you could do it that way, mm-hmm. but it may be more realistic to break down those expenses into what's mandatory, what's right. discretionary, and then set appropriate inflation on the, care, the category of expense. By the way, some expenses don't go up at all. And you, some don't go on forever. Yeah. Um, you may not want to travel till age 100 yeah. or 95. Fixed mortgage. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying by example. breaking those out, some people who do that, we run the numbers. Guess what? They're coming up short before life expectancy or when they're comfortable. But when you spend the time and do the detail, once they see that exercise, they realize it's a difference of sometimes being OK and not being OK. Right. So now let's get back to the macroeconomic side of what the CPI report told us. Right. Um, because I said it was kind of mixed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it was it was kind of like the, uh, you know, just right, <laughs> so to speak. In other words, there, it wasn't the report wasn't enough to, you know, make economists say inflation is going to be runaway, double digit, you know, right. hyperinflation. Um, but it did somewhat alleviate the the concerns that we we're in a deflationary period. OK. You know, where you have a unemployment um and you know and the and and prices and and you know consumer spending go, going down um you know that was one of the problems in the early 70s recession right it was mm-hmm. a deflationary period so we maybe we don't have to work remember on this show i was talking about a, a, a month ago two months ago that's kind of what the federal reserve was talking about too is that you know one of the things they don't want to do is get into a deflationary period right. right you know so so you know one of the things that they were talking about is that you know they're looking for you know they we always hear that their target is 2% inflation right. but they don't use CPI carry okay. they don't use core CPI they use something called core personal consumption expenditures okay. or CPE okay um and it, you know and so how did that do um okay so for um, year over year, um, for you know June, zero point nine percent increase. Okay. Um, now the July data that was June to June. July data won't come out yet till later on this month. Mm-hmm. And but the the economists are saying they expect it, you know, from July to July to go up about one point four percent. So you know, so is so, and that's what the Federal Reserve is targeting. They want that number up to two. So are they achieving that? And, you know, that's why I say, you know, one of the voices that I listen to is Fed, you know, Chairman Powell, because I think the people running those central banks, especially the Federal Reserve in Germany, I think they're very smart people. Right. I think they're a lot smarter, by the way, than perhaps our politicians. Absolutely. Well, regardless, these are the things that you need to be aware of. And you can build a financial plan, whether you're working or retired. And what we do at the estate planning team, again, we're a fee-based fiduciary planner, is build these detailed custom financial plans and help people analyze some of the choices. I know we're talking about how we build the long-term plan, um, but also it's maybe doing objective, unbiased analysis on pension election, Um, other things of how much I should contribute to my company plan. I talked to someone a couple weeks ago that said their company offered a Roth 401k at the first of the year, so they did 50-50. And actually, in their case, after running the numbers, he should have done... 60% to the traditional to get them under a tax threshold. And you're going to talk about the tax wrappers and, um, and then the balance into the Roth. It saved him quite a bit in taxes and didn't throw him over to the next rate. Um, whereas capital gains were uh, taxed and all these other important things to be looking at um, when you're being proactive because it's about comes down to your net spendable dollars. And we offer a free no obligation consultation by phone or in person. We've been helping people in the greater Cleveland area for more than 35 years. Um, through these custom financial plans and you can get good information also on our website a link to our podcast sign up for newsletter and other alerts that i will send you as we get financial news call 440-239-2090 that's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com all right listen to mark Daly and kara waddell and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team the estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families built custom financial plans for over 35 years. And over those 35 years, we've talked about the tax wrappers. 
mm-hmm. um, every year for 35 right. years, every class for 35 years, because we feel it's important. It's mm-hmm. the idea of understanding, you know, if you want to reduce taxes, you, you know, should you have a good understanding of the tax laws? Mm-hmm. And, and or enough to make good decisions. Right. And, and how to, you know, how to, you know, set up your asset allocation. In other words, are, you know, where do your growth assets go? Where do your fixed assets go? Um, do you understand the, the rules of the tax qualified plans and the, you know, non qualified? And, and, you know, we could talk about tax deferred and, and everybody's favorite tax free, right? And, and those are basically the four wrappers that we talk about. Um, you know, it's the idea of, you know, the first one is tax ordinary income. Okay, that's the highest way you're taxed. You know, if your tax is ordinary income, right? Um, the most expensive, let's say. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you're still working, your wages, of course, is a good example of mm-hmm. that, right? Um, we could also talk about interest. You know, interest income is taxed at ordinary income tax rates. Um, we could talk about ordinary dividends. Remember, there's two dividend rates in this country. Ordinary dividends are taxed at ordinary income rates. And one of the characteristics about this category as well, Carrie, is it's kind of they're taxed as you go, you know, Mm -hmm. whether you're spending it or not. Right. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, your wages. Right. You know, you're taxed on your wages, even if you don't spend all your wages. Right. right? Um, Or a CD. Let's say you had a CD in a bank. Right. Um, And let's say it was a three year CD. And, you know, at the end of the first year, you didn't pull anything out of that CD, right? You know, right. it's in there, but you got a 1099 interest, you know, that you have to report on your tax return, mm-hmm. the interest and pay taxes on the interest, even though right. it's still sitting in the bank. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so the idea that's kind of taxed as you go. So we might say, too, uh, or, you know, short term capital gains um, are taxes ordinary income, right? You know, so if you've got a very active, you know, you know, some people out there, you know, we, we don't do investments at the estate planning team, but mm-hmm. you know, some of our clients, they get in with an investment advisor who is very active, right? And mm-hmm. it's a very, a lot of short term sales. Um, well, if that's in a taxable account, that can get expensive, right? Right. Um, okay. The second tax wrapper, um, well, well, even before I go back, let's. Let, I think I have time to do all this. Care if not, we'll pick okay. it up. Okay. But um, so, so let's. What so? What are the presidential candidates? What are their ideas with this tax bracket? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so on President Trump's side, of course, his Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 lowered the ordinary income tax rates for everybody. Right. Um, lowered the corporate income tax rate. Um, so he put tax cuts into this category, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, his agenda going forward is to make them permanent because right, right now, they remember I was talking about how much votes you need to, right. you know, they didn't have enough votes to, to, get it to get a big enough tax package to make these lower individual tax breaks permanent. Now, so they, if nothing changes, tax rates are going to go up. Even 20, if nobody does in anything. In 2026. Right. Okay, so these lower, and that includes, by the way, the higher federal state tax exemption, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, uh, the, the lower, now the corporate tax rates were permanent. So, so the, the Republicans did, they said, if we were going to make one permanent, we can't afford to make, we don't have enough money to make them both right. permanent, enough votes for enough money to make both permanent. We're going to go with the corporate permanent. Right. And then we'll make the individual sunset. Okay. That's the choice they make. So the current lower income tax rates sunset or expire in the year 2025. And then in 2026, they revert back to the higher rates. So Trump's agenda is to make them permanent. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you'll, and you'll hear him talking about that. He also is talking about um, a payroll tax cut. Now, right. payroll taxes, is that, that's your Social Security tax and your Medicare tax, right? That's a little bit different than the income tax. Right. And um, didn't he sign that executive order last week? Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's not really a cut. It's just right. kind of like a deferral. A deferral. All right. Um, but he's saying that if he get, becomes president, he wants to make that permanent. Right. right. But a lot of people have a... People well, are having a problem with that, but didn't Obama 
cut payroll taxes? Yeah, in the 2008 Great Recession, right. they used that method as well. And a lot of people are saying, well, isn't that the way, Mark, we fund Social Security and Medicare? So if, if Trump is talking about making a permanent cut, you know, for now. Right. But it this, was only for limited under yeah, people right. under us. It it's 104000 If you're making over 104000 you're still going to pay it. Right. But we don't know. I'm not really clear on what Trump... <laughs> Am I the only one somewhat confused by what Trump said? Um, but I'm not sure how clear he was on it when he said he, he wanted to make it permanent, get rid of the payroll tax, if that was the same threshold of 104000 right. That I wasn't clear on. Um, uh, so, yeah. So what was the... Um, the ordinary income. The corporate tax rates are permanent. Yeah, it, but he's also <laughs> talking about he wants... Okay, so the, he wants to do a middle income tax cut. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where... They might he might not be talking about you, right? Um, because remember, middle income, as defined by the mid quantile of the of you know family household incomes in this country, is about fifty thousand fifty five thousand dollars. Okay, you know, so um, you judge whether you're considered in the middle or not, um, and that's your household, correct? Yeah, that'd be like so. a, a family of two. Okay. Um, you know, you know, two parents, two kids, right. family of four, I should say, two kids. All right. Um, all right. What about Joe Biden? Okay. Well, he wants to increase the income, ordinary income tax rates, but again, Carrie, only those making over $400,000. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, and, and that's that high bracket, which is currently under, uh, Trump's lower tax, bra- you know, tax cut. It, you know, the top bracket's 37%. Joe Biden wants to move it back up to 39.6%. He also wants to raise corporate taxes, okay? Um, and he wants to cap itemized deductions. Okay. okay. Um, so that's another way that, you know, he could get into um, not, there's And again, remember, it, there's not a whole lot of Americans filing itemized deductions anymore with, with Trump's higher standard, you know, with the higher standard deductions. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Um, and Joe Biden also wants to increase the payroll taxes. Okay. So Carrie, that's the idea. And that's what I think is, you know, going to happen is that, you know, he wants to raise the cap on Mm -hmm. social security. So currently right now you're you're only your first $137,700 of wages gets subject to the social security tax. Right. Right. And if they raise that, which they do every year with inflation anyway, then, that could solve a lot of the Social Security issues. But what Joe wants to do is he wants to leave a leave a, a donut hole. But then, if anyone making any wages over four hundred thousand, you know, so you pay it on the first, you know, one hundred thirty seven seven hundred. But then, any income above four hundred thousand, there's no cap, and you mm-hmm. you pay, you know, that, and and you know, again, that's that seven point six five percent. That's that six point two percent Social Security and the one point four five percent Medicare. By the way, if you're in the high, you know, high income, you pay a surtax, right? You know, you pay a Obamacare surtax on some of that. So, um, so that's some, you know, so that's some of the you know the differences there. All right, the next category, the next tax wrapper, are the tax deferred assets. Okay, these are your IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, um, savings bonds, you know, if you have double E bonds or, you know, I bonds, um, you know, things like that. Um, the, what else do we got here? Um, annuities. Now, a funny thing about annuities, Carrie, they can be in, in <laughs> they could be in various tax wrappers. <laughs> Um, you could have an annuity inside an IRA. Mm-hmm. You could have an annuity outside an IRA. We call that a non-qualified annuity. Right. Right. You could have a annuity in a Roth IRA. Right. Which is all tax free. So, you know, annuities float around. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are some of the characteristics of this tax wrapper? Well, one, you know what, you know, there's rules about these, right? Mm-hmm. There's contribution rules. If you're making, you know, tax deductible contributions, right? Pre-tax contributions. There's also required minimum distribution rules. Now, neither president candidate right now is talking too much in this category, Carrie, but we just had a lot of activity in this category. The SECURE Act changed a lot of this, right, which was passed in December of last year, right? Um, So for now, for example, the required minimum distribution age is no longer 70 and a half, but age 72, you know, unless you attained age 70 and a half before this year. 
Um, so you know you've got you've got kind of that going on. Um, so there already there were a lot of changes. Um, I so I don't see too much going on in either presidential is talking about any more additional, you know, IRA changes mm-hmm. um, for right now. The next category, next tax wrapper, getting a little bit more tax benefit right now, capital appreciating. Assets, right? So these are the assets that you own that are outside any tax qualified plan, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And, well, let me go back. Well, well, yeah, I should go back and forth. Uh, Let me go back to the tax deferred moment. One thing I did want to mention about the tax deferred assets, and which also is the CURE Act changed, was the the treatment upon death, Carrie, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So um, we call that income in respect of a decedent, right? So in other words, if you die owning any tax-deferred asset, you know, where you have not paid income taxes on during your lifetime, um, you know, you that tax doesn't go away at death, okay? Um, the, the beneficiary is going to have to pay income taxes on it. Now, we're talking about a non-spouse beneficiary. You know, the spouse can do do the rollover thing, right? But a non-spouse beneficiary, you know, if they inherit any tax-deferred assets, whether it be 401Ks, 403Bs, IRAs, simple SEPs, KEOs, 457s, you know, they get to pay the income taxes on it. Mm-hmm. And it'll be based on their income tax year, you know, their rate during the year that they take the distribution. Which a lot of times is those high peak earning years, just statistically. And one of the things that the SECURE Act changed was the treatment. Under the the prior to the SECURE Act, there was a, you know, it was called the stretch IRA, Carrie. Mm -hmm. It was just a marketing term, but it was the idea that a non-spouse beneficiary, you know, had to take distributions within a year after the owner's death, but they would only be, it would only be a required minimum based on their single life expectancy, which still may be 25 years. Or if you're leaving it to a grandchild, they may have 45 years. The Secure Act did away with that. You know, so now any beneficiary who inherits after January 1st of this year can't use the stretch rule. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they have to get the money out within 10 years. Now, we talked a lot about this earlier in the year, right? Mm-hmm. When, and you can always go back and listen to our podcast. Um, but now there are some exceptions. I'm not going to get into the exceptions right now. But th- so, so that's basically, so what I'm saying is there has already been a lot of changes in, in the retirement, you know, the tax deferred assets or the tax qualified assets. Mm-hmm. So, um, but let me get now to the capital appreciation because here's where we have differences in the presidential candidates. Mm-hmm. So these are the capital appreciating assets, your stocks, mutual funds, real estate, qualified dividends, you know, taxed at the more favorable long-term capital gain rates, right? You know, which could be zero if you're in one, you could keep your in bracket or 15%, or if you're in the top uh, income tax brackets, 20% long-term capital gains rate, right? Um, so also in this category, you get to deduct realize losses you know so if you not that anybody have any mm-hmm. losses in in the uh crash but i mean but the idea is um at least you can t- make some lemonade out of those lemons you know right. you, can, you can if you do have law realized losses you can offset other capital gains or offset if you don't have any capital gains offset you can offset up to three thousand dollars a year of ordinary income with a carry forward for mm-hmm. any balanced losses that you haven't used carry for it until you die basically um so you know so we'll talk you know um so you know so on these on these capital appreciating assets you know so what is biden so biden carry he wants to kind of um get rid of uh you know he wants to kind of end the favorable capital gain rates Mm mm-hmm so no more right. step up um, in basis, right? Well, that's and let me get to that. Okay, um, but he just wants to get rid of the lower long term capital gains rates. But again, for those taxpayers over a million dollars. Okay. All right. Um, what does Trump want to do? He wants to reduce taxes on capital gains for mm-hmm. everyone. Right. Um, it, it, you know. Um, and you know, and and again, he. I don't know if he. he I, obviously, he doesn't have the votes to do that. I mean, right. he doesn't have the house, right? Um, but he's thinking he can do it by executive order. Um, now, 
a lot of people think, no, President Trump, you can't. You cannot lower the capital gains tax rate by executive order. That's, you know, power of the purse. That's Congress right. can do that. Um, but what the idea is, what he's saying, and, and, you know, I always talk about Larry Kudlow, my favorite Trump advisor, right, um, is the idea they want to index capital gains to inflation. In other words, they think that can be done by executive order, meaning in saying that somehow, you know, because of inflation, inflation goes up. So you should get a break on your capital uh, gains by the rate of inflation. All right. Um, now, the other thing you talked about was a step up in basis. That's see, this is a much different treatment than leaving an IRA to a child right. versus leaving a, a capital appreciating assets to a child. Because a step of a basis says if you bought your house for you know a hundred thousand dollars and the date of your death it's worth one hundred and fifty thousand, you never had to pay capital gains. You never sold right. it during your lifetime. You'd have the capital gain exclusion anyways for sale primary residence. But the idea is your child gets the house. They get the date of death value. They get the $150,000 value. So when they sell it to get their inheritance, they don't have to pay that capital gains tax right. either. All right. And so the, 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 the step up in basis, you know, and, and, and um, that would be know. huge. Or what about stocks? Well, and, and stocks, any, 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 I bought a stock 20 years ago, businesses, um, you know, any, any of that. So right now, yeah, the so Biden wants to get rid of the stop on basis for everyone. Mm-hmm. That would hurt. No. Um, now, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen either, um, but that's, you know, one of the things that we're keeping an eye on, you know, is are we going to get, um, you know, changes based on this year's election results or what may be happening in another four years. So, you know, that's one idea. Now, the um, the, the last tax wrapper, which everybody's favorite, mm-hmm. tax-free. Can't go wrong with tax-free. Okay. Um, and so what is in there? Well, we can talk about Roth IRAs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tax, municip- tax- tax-free muni bonds. Muni bonds. Life insurance. You know, right. the, the, the death benefit of a life insurance policy is income tax-free to Correct. the beneficiary. Um, college 529 plans. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, health savings accounts. Health savings account are tax-free going in. You get the tax deduction and it's tax-free coming out. So that's a really good one that not enough people are taking advantage of. Right. I actually talked to someone who said, well, no, if I don't use it or lose it. I said, no, that's an F, the flexible spending right. account. The HSAs, you can keep going. I mean, keep it and not spend it. Right. And you can keep, con- and the other thing too, Carrie, on the HSAs, they got more favorable with the CARES Act. You know, right. Um, and so, th- so they've gotten more availability that you can use them for. And also, the, the one rule that a lot of people don't understand too is that when can you, when are you no longer able to contribute to an HSA? Mm-hmm. Well, general rules when you go on Medicare. Right. Okay. So if you were in the position where, you were going to retire prior to Medicare eligibility, mm-hmm. and you have to go out and get a high deductible plan, you know, through the healthcare exchange or right. you know whatever. Don't forget that you still have the HSA contribution availability, which is going to lower your adjusted gross income. Those are things that we look at at the estate planning team. Take advantage of a free consultation by phone or in person. You can call four four zero. 239-2090 or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.